Hello? Kathy, it's Roger Wood calling on schedule. Uh, yes, you are. Oh, you called on my cell. Is that okay as opposed to the hard line? Oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, All right. Nice to hear from you. I appreciate this. I think a lot of other people will appreciate it as well. Uh, no problem. I, great. Now, what I'm going to do is uh, we'll record an interview, and when it's uh, put up, in, in, I'll uh, link, it, link it to you, okay? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can see it. Okay, um, perfect. And how long um, are you planning on going? Well, as long as it takes. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I, I don't know. They usually last 10 or 15 minutes, but uh, that's about it, really. You know, okay. it just kind of varies, really. Okay. And, okay, that's great. Uh, let me just check. Yep, my thing's running all right. My other recorder is running, and um, we, are <clears throat> we are going. Kathy... Kathy Phelps, uh, attorney, author, blogger, helper of people getting out of uh, Ponzi jams, perhaps. I want to talk about your your specific work in a minute, but I'd like to know for the uninitiated what a Ponzi scheme is. Oh, sure. Thanks for uh, having me today. Well, a Ponzi scheme is uh, a type of a financial investment scheme where investors are lured into the scheme with the promise of, you know, guaranteed returns or high returns or, or, you know, something that really makes them want to give their money into the scheme. And instead of there being really uh, a legitimate underlying business that's generating the returns that are promised, instead the returns are paid from new money coming in from new investors who are similar, similarly lured in. So eventually the scheme has to fail because there's no underlying business model to generate returns sufficient to pay out all of the returns that have been promised to investors. Of course, the king of the Ponzi right now is Sam Madoff, who is uh, behind bars. Bernie Madoff, yes, he is behind bars for a very, very long time, 150 years. And that was a classic Ponzi scheme and that there really wasn't uh, any underlying legitimate business at all. He hadn't really invested in all of the securities that he had promised returns from. And I was, uh, I'll tell you the truth. I, I've been following Ponzi schemes, and in particular, uh, oh, by the way, I just read about one in India, emanating from India. And uh, But the one I was really concerned about that I've been following as, as a journalist is... Uh, happened in a nearby town, and uh, the couple lost uh, their savings, $850,000 that they invested, that they thought in mortgage securities. Uh, and it turns out that uh, that was a Ponzi scheme. Now, they have been trying, uh, by the way, the, the author of the, uh, the Ponzi scheme is, is also behind bars, but the couple, of course, uh, have, has gotten nothing in, in you know back from this your yeah. thoughts your thoughts on that <laughs> well oh it's it's one of unfortunately way too many just heartbreaking stories um you know it's 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 good to know that the criminal authorities are on it and uh you know he's being punished for it uh what i don't know from your story is whether or not any regulatory agency has otherwise shut down the business and is trying to recoup the losses and oftentimes in a case like that either 
it will end up in a bankruptcy proceeding and a trustee will be appointed to try to gather up whatever assets and, and, and pursue any claims that there are to, to develop a pot of money in order to make some kind of a distribution. Or, for example, if an SEC or the CFTC um, or the FTC shuts down uh, uh, a fraudulent enterprise, they'll often appoint a receiver, and then that receiver similarly will try to gather up as many assets as are left and pursue any litigation claims to recover a pot of money and then make a distribution. Unfortunately, it's very, very rare that investors get made whole from that type of an enterprise. I was going to ask you that uh, in terms of a- any assets recovered by the victims. Uh, have, in general, have you found that people get nothing? It really varies. You know, I what, what we don't know is what we don't know. How many schemes there are out there that just sort of quietly go away and shut down and people don't get anything back. Um, what we can see are the ones where the regulatory agencies shut them down or the ones that end up in bankruptcy proceedings. Again, it's, it's very, very rare for uh, investors and defrauded victims to get 100 cents back on the dollar. Um, I don't know that any studies have been done um, about what kinds of returns investors get. You know, in my experience, I see those ranging maybe from 5 to 30 or 40 percent uh, in a good case. The Madoff um, investors have done well. Some of them have been paid back in full. It's sort of in, in tranches. Um, other ones um, are getting decent returns. I don't know that they're going to get to 100 cents there, but um, the, the trustee's done a very fine job in getting back what he can. Why do people, do you think, get victimized in the first place? With so much information out there about that, that you put out, for instance, why do people <laughs> still fall for this? You know, I've, as you've alluded to, I've written this book, Ponzi Proof Your Investments, you know, sort of laying out the, just some of the more basic due diligence questions that people should ask. Um, and it, it is, it's, 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 saddening that, uh, that they don't ask. And I, you know, the primary reason for that, I think, is that people trust. You know, we live in a society, and thankfully, where where you feel comfortable trusting your college roommate or your father or a friend who says, you know, I, I've invested my money wisely, and look, I'm getting all of these returns, and you should do it too. And so people rely on the advice and the, the wisdom of people who otherwise haven't conducted due diligence themselves, but people just trust. Um, you know, I mean, there are some who would say, it's greed, they're just too greedy, and you know, I don't like to go there because I do think that people want to trust uh, in, in their closest advisors. You know, my, my recommendation to people is that it's okay to trust, but verify. Ask your own questions, do your own due diligence. You know, you can, you can get the tip from your, <laughs> the person that you trust, but don't, don't rely on the fact that you think that they did their own due diligence because most of the time they haven't either. Maybe the lesson here is, uh, in general, don't do business with your friends, but do business with uh, people that actually uh, will will help you and uh, have a good reputation. And they could become your friends, but uh, it's it's a separate issue. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Everyone gets to make their own decision in that regard. Well, let's talk about your blog. You you uh, you you uncover Ponzi schemes or uh, legal situations during them, and uh, that's fascinating. Uh, Can you go into detail on that? Well, sure. So I started writing the Ponzi scheme blog, um, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe 
nine years ago, ten years ago, uh, when I had published a different book, the the Ponzi book, a legal resource for unraveling Ponzi schemes, which is really a book, uh, a legal treatise, really designed for lawyers about all of the legal issues come up in Ponzi schemes. So I started writing the blog. I mean, almost more to to keep up with the law and to be able to put case law updates on there. And I don't know, a little ways in, I thought it would be really interesting to see what's going on in the news in terms of Ponzi schemes. So I started, you know, getting my alerts from the various, uh, you know, sources. And I was overwhelmed uh, at the news on a monthly basis of things being reported relating to Ponzi schemes, whether it was a new one that had been disclosed or somebody pleading guilty or somebody getting sentenced. So I started posting on the last day of every month. Um, little snippets of the news, kind of a, a roundup of all of the news from the month. And it has just turned out to be really stunning, uh, the level of fraud out there that is ongoing. You know, we, we, we thought it was really bad in 2008, 2009, when the Madoff and Stanford and some of the bigger schemes were disclosed, you know, when the economy really uh, tanked. Uh, but it's when the economy got strong, Ponzi scheme news stayed strong as well. It's It's been startling. I was fascinated by the the number of schemes you uh, blogged about myself, uh, really, really incredible, still happening. It's it's a shame, you know, I uh, I, I so want to reach as many people as I can to encourage them to do their due diligence. I mean, there really are a handful of questions uh, that people could ask, uh, and and it would raise a lot of red flags, you know. Now, whether you know whether or not one little thing that doesn't sound right is, is enough of a reason not to invest, maybe not, um, but it might be enough reason to ask more questions to make sure that the business really is what the business says that it is. Well, in the, couple, in, in the case of the couple that I mentioned that lost their life savings and have gotten nothing back in assets from the perpetrator, uh, oh, by the way, they... There, there was a planned mercy release of the uh, person, but the couple uh, actually protested it, so uh, the perpetrator will stay in jail. Interesting. They uh, really went to great lengths, but they also had a lot of experience. They uh, were experienced uh, mortgage uh, people and uh, understand mortgage, but they were, they were pro- promised mortgage securities and a, and, and a large payout to, I think that's the tragic part. Well, it is, you know, and every time you hear that something is guaranteed or it's risk-free or it's secured, the question is, how can that be, you know? And if you're promised uh, a a secured position in something and you're handed a, a, a presumably recorded document, you can verify that by going on whatever the, you know, if it's a real estate transaction, by going, you know, to the county recorder's office and seeing whether or not, in fact, the document that you've been given was recorded and is a valid document. I've been involved in cases uh, where the investors have been provided supposed proof of their security, and, in fact, it was just a, a completely falsified document. So it's it's a shame um it's a shame and again you you want to be able to trust uh but there's some some minimal things that one could do to verify talk about the ponzi book uh kathy it's uh, not exactly a paperback you'd pick up at the at the store i mean it's a <laughs> a, a comprehensive book that it's not for everybody um, well, that's right, uh, but the, the good news about it is that it has turned out to be, um, so I'm told, a very valuable resource for those practicing in this area. I, you know, I set out to write it 
Oh, quite a while ago when I was actually involved in about a $300 million Ponzi scheme case uh, that uh, had been initiated by the SEC looking to shut down a business. And uh, I had to sue an insurance company and for $300 million. And I thought, hmm, I want to do this right. And, and I looked for a resource out there that would help guide me, and there really wasn't one. And so um, I set out to write one thinking it was going to be about a 100-page pamphlet and about I don't know, 250 pages in, I, I, I pulled in a, a, a dear friend of mine, a uh, bankruptcy judge at the time, uh, Judge Stephen Rhodes, to co-write it with me. And uh, so he and I co-wrote this book, which turned out to be about 800 pages, uh, really trying to hit every last issue that might arise in this type of a case. Is the, is the $300 million case the largest you've ever handled? Huge amount. Oh no! I sadly no. Uh, at the moment, I'm in about a seven hundred and fifty million dollar one. I mean, there are billion dollar cases out there. It's it's unbelievable the amount of money um, that that is thrown into these schemes. It's a shame. The name of your book, uh, or the site for your book, is theponzibook.com, and uh, it's available, right? That is correct. Again, that's the legal treatise. The other one that's more, and in fact, I wrote it. I tried to write it, and I ran it through one of those programs to sort of gauge what uh, what level it's written at. It's written at about a 10th grade level, so it's, it's, it's designed to be quite readable and understandable, really more for investors looking to vet a program before they get into it. Not that anything is foolproof, not that this book is foolproof, but it, it sort of gives investors ideas of categories of things to, to talk about, you know, being aware of the promises, looking at the paperwork, um, exploring what the underlying business model is and why it actually needs money, doing background checks, looking at the publicly available information, the, the websites and bankruptcy records and criminal records and all that stuff, um, you know, investigating who the principals are behind the, the investment program and, and doing background checks on them. You know, looking at who the salespeople are, who's bringing them into the scheme. You know, is it a friend? Is it a real salesperson? Is it a licensed agent? Um, thinking about, you know, if there's secrecy, if the whole thing is shrouded in secrecy, or if there are sort of marketing ploys and, and closing tactics being used. You have to do this today. I only have room for one more. You know, you're the last one who can get in. That type of thing. So it sort of goes through chapter by chapter. Really what are classic uh, telltale signs of a Ponzi scheme and, 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 you know, has little snippets of little examples and stories along the way to just raise awareness for people so that they're, you know, because I talk to so many people in hindsight, they say, oh my gosh, why didn't I see it? You know, now, yeah, I got three bounced checks and he came to my house and he delivered this check. And, you know, all these little things that are little warning signs that people don't see in the moment and they see very clearly after the fact. So I've written this book to try to help them see it on the front end <laughs> instead of the back end. In an environment where uh, interest rates for savings or CDs or the like are 1% or, or less, uh, is it a tendency for a person to look at a 10% return uh, somewhat, in, you know, somewhat enticing? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and not only that, you know, on, on the investor side, yeah, you have investors looking at miserable savings rates and thinking, well, how can I do better for my money? You know, and if, you know, I've seen schemes where they've offered, you know, 300% returns in one month. And I just hope at this point that people realize that that's too good to be true. You know, it's a little harder when you're promised something that's 
higher than market, but not so outlandish. And, you know, they've said that there's a proprietary algorithm or there's a special license or there's a special connection that enables them to get a higher than market return. Of course, that's enticing. And on the flip side of it, the the fraudster is, is given more of an opportunity in times like we're living right now with so much uncertainty and financial distress and, and new technology and pandemics that need to be cured. There's so much opportunity there for fraudsters to exploit the latest crisis to lure in investors who are looking to make more money. And it's just a, a, a bad combination of circumstances. And, and finally... How do people get a hold of your blog? The Ponzi Scheme blog dot com, um, and they can uh, sign up to just become a regular um, uh, member of it. And every month on the last day of the month, uh, they will get an email in their inbox with my posting of the news for the month. It's quite simple. I think they'll find it uh, quite newsy as well. I kind of thank you very much. Well, thank you. Hang on, Kathy. I'm just checking here. Yep, we're in good shape. Well, I'll I'll be in touch. Might be a week or so. A little back.